It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This is, is the Go Birds Podcast. The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you. And Elliot, I don't ever remember in my lifetime a six-point loss that felt more like a 60-point loss. Just nev- at no point, Elliot. I know they only lost the game by six points. At no point at all during that game, not one time, Elliot, did I think they would actually win the game. How you doing, pal? I remember last week after they beat the Panthers, I tweeted something like, I still can't believe they won that game. And this morning I almost tweeted, I'm still so sure that they lost that game. <laughs> like, it's not so, like there, there was a, and we're going to get into all of it, but there was a certain part of me last night that was watching it and was kind of like, what did people expect? Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl champions. They're, you know, if not the best team in the league this year, like they're top three, four, right? Like they have a team built to win now. And the Eagles are not that. Like, and you know, we did a preview pod and there were there were some reasons to feel like maybe they could keep it close. But a lot of them were like, maybe Brady won't care. It's on a short week. You know, like there was not a ton of like real reasons. And I just think the difference between the two teams was obvious. Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are an extremely talented, well-coached oil machine. The Eagles are a team that literally can't get out of their own way. So yes, the the score ends up, you know, down six. And I agree with you, they were never going to win that game. But, you know, th- like they did get the ball back down six. Like there there were times where it was like, okay, like maybe they can do this. Mm-mm. But, but, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like 
right off the bat, this is uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but let me just like, dude, why are they kicking the ball off to Tom Brady to start the game? Like, I understand analytics say you're better off to take it to start the second half and blah blah blah. Like, they think about just like the real life impact of doing that. The the crowd is pumped, like everyone's excited to go. They kick it to Brady, and they're like down seven nothing. Like that's it, you know. Like, and there's little things like that where. I think they're they're doing things because they think it's the right thing to do and like the analytics say to do it. But in reality, it's not working for this team. And I, I just think kicking off to Brady to start the game was such a buzzkill. It was such an immediate like, yeah, okay, this is exactly what we thought it was going to be. You yeah. know, it's just exactly what we expected. They go right down the field, no problem. They score. And it was just such a complete buzzkill of like killing any momentum where you were thinking, okay, maybe they could do this. Yeah, I- I'm with you. I-, I didn't think about it in those specific terms in the moment. And-, and I'm sure that was something that you felt even more being in the building. But but I totally agree with it. And it's just one example of many of, of this coach just not having a feel for what he's doing. And, and look, I... I get it. You know, he has never been head coach at any level before. I, you know, I said to Elliot many times, I expect him to lose some games potentially. I expect him to, to be raw, but man, he is more raw than I expected, Elliot. I mean, let's get into all of it. Look, flat out, like basic level, Hurts freaking stunk in this game. Nick Sirianni freaking stunk in this game. The defense, you know, had a couple stops after that, you know, initial flurry, but but for the most part didn't come through in that game. Really across the board, and, and to your point initially, you know, Howie Roseman is on the, the table for me with this game too because you look at that, and I know they're in different places as franchises, but oh my God, was that talented, Tampa Bay team just flat out more talented. That's your point. That's what you're saying. Like they're yeah. a well-oiled machine both coaching and and talent-wise, they were just way more talented than that Eagles team. Let's take them bit by bit. Let, let's start with Hurts because, uh, you know, we'll get to Sirianni in a sec. But, uh, you know, look, I, I, Hurts was awful, 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 awful in this game. I don't think there's any any way to spin it. You know, he you know, fought late again. You, you appreciate that. It seemed like he got going a little bit later in that game. But just... Way too many easy throws missed. Way too many. And and I am definitely, you know, I have been high on Hurts. I still look at this and say, hey, he is 23 years old in his 10th career start. And and as I've talked about many times in a perfect world, I, I think Jalen Hurts deserves a lot more time than he's going to get. But as we know, like, this is a, a limited audition for this guy. This team is not totally invested in Jalen Hurts. And nights like last night, are the kind of nights that make you think, all right, they're going to move on from this guy at the end of the season. You know, and, and again, yeah. I, I think he deserves more time than he's going to get. I think there's something there. But man, like, you just can't keep missing throws like that, Elliot. Yeah. So, and what you just said, too, I think to, to remember, remember what you just said about Hurts when we talk, when we talk about Sirianni. But like, my thing with, with Jalen Hurts is you look at the stat line. 12 of 26, 115 yards. Like, you can't win games completing 12 passes. Tom Brady completed 34 passes. And I know, you know, we're comparing, obviously, like, two people at very different ends of the spectrum. Like, Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. Jalen Hurts is, like, competing to be a starter. So I know I'm not saying you can compare them. But, like, as much as people want to rip Sirianni, and, and I know that each week after this season, it's going to be like, who's the problem? Is it Sirianni? Is it Hurts? Like, you know, who are you in on? Who are you not? And it can feel repetitive. But unfortunately, that is where this team is at. 
Like that is just where they are. They're trying to figure out if the basic head coach quarterback duo works. And it's just not working right now. And, and, and I tweeted this during the game and I, I think it came off as anti-Hertz and I didn't, I didn't mean for it to, but I would be interested in seeing Sirianni coach with a different quarterback. Not because I don't think Jalen Hurts deserves to be benched. Although let's be real, like he's not playing well, but I would just be interested to see if this offense is just completely as broken as we think it is, or if this is the quarterback, because there are throws to be made. Like the the throw he makes from the pocket last night, I think it was in the second quarter where he skips it to a wide open Jalen Reger, like clean pocket, just throws it to Reger. And it's like two, two or three yards short, right? Like the interception he threw once again, just ugly. Like I, I just, there's, there's too many throws in the game where I look and I go, like that should be an easy completion. And and they're not good enough right now where they can they cannot have those easy completions. And to kind of to wrap up my like diatribe here, I thought Tucker, uh, the producer for Joe Gilio's show, put it perfectly, like summed it up perfectly about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts doesn't make enough special plays to deal with his inconsistencies. Like it, it, you can deal like like uh, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen early on in their career. They made special plays, but they they still struggled a lot. Like Lamar struggled passing the ball, Josh Allen struggled passing the ball. But there were still enough special plays where you're like, okay, you know, okay, like we can deal with this. Jalen just does not make enough special plays at this point to deal with all of the easy passes he misses. Yeah, I, I agree with that to a point, but the, the Sirianni part, I, I completely disagree with. I agree with Jalen has to hit those easy passes. But but the thing with Lamar Jackson, the thing with Josh Allen, is these teams built offenses around this guy. That Nick Sirianni is not putting Jalen Hurts in a position to be successful at all. He's asking this kid to, to go into the pocket and pick teams apart, Elliot. I, first of all, there's no chance Jalen Hurts can do this at this point in his career, and we don't know if he'll ever be able to do that. But, like, Nick Sirianni comes in, and, and that's why, like, I, I couldn't disagree more with the whole, I want to see someone else in Nick Sirianni's offense, uh, all that stuff, because Nick Sirianni comes in and says, I'm going to play to my players' strengths, I'm going to build my my offense, my defense around what these guys do well, and the most important guy on the team, you don't do anything to help him. They ran well, the ball one time in the first half, Elliot. One time. Right. They ran it yeah. once, Elliot. They're asking this kid to sit in the pocket and pick teams apart. Like, this is not who Jalen Hurts is. They should be moving him around. They should be doing all kinds of creative things. Like, this offense is zero creativity. Zero. Like, there is nothing special about this offense. And and the play calling is a disaster. The scheming is a disaster. Like, there is nothing special about anything Nick Sirianni has done. Did Jalen Hurts miss some open throws, meaning there were some open throws to be made? Yes, but not to the point where you stop and say, wow, look at this offense, even if he makes those throws. Like, this offense is horrible. And again, well, like, okay. more importantly, it is doing nothing to to play into Jalen Hurts' skill set. It is almost like the offense was designed with a completely different quarterback in mind and they just dropped Jalen Hurts into it. Like, how is that good? How is that a positive? Well, okay, so when I say Sirianni's offense, I don't mean that, like, Sirianni has a literal, like, we can look at it and say that's a Sirianni offense. I just mean, I don't know if Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni are compatible at this point. Like, well, but, but, Sirianni... Uh, uh, well, I get on, that, on. but I get that, but, but the point is more that, like, I don't think Nick Sirianni is compatible with any quarter, quarterback because he's clearly not well, playing to the kid's skill set. Right, but that that's where we disagree, though, because, like, I, look, he needs to run it more. I, I agree with you. Like, the uh, lack of uh, really? Running, yeah. Hold on. 
One run! Yeah. One run! I know. It was bad. I agree. The lack of running plays is bad. But but I, I really think, and again, like I'm not trying to pick sides here on like, you know, I, you blame Sirianni and I don't. Like they are both at fault here, right? We're just trying to parse out like where what, what the problems are. But I, I think in the, I heard this last night on the uh, post game show, and I'm guessing I'll hear it a lot today. Like, I just don't think you can diminish how much missing these easy throws hurts the offense. Like, yes, they should run the ball more. I agree. But when there are throws there to be made, like it is killing this offense that Jalen Hurts doesn't make them again. Like 12 of 26, and you know it's not like he threw the ball 48 times last night. He had 26 attempts and he had 10 rushing attempts. Like. That, that is probably right around where you want Jalen Hurts. The issue is they're not running the ball, right? And, and so they should run it more. But the bottom line is, and this is, this is why I would like to see a different quarterback, just from pure interest standpoint, why I would like to see it, is because I do think there are plays to be made there in the passing game. And if that's the case, then that, like, that's what Sirianni's here for. Sirianni is here for it to design the passing game and to get the offense moving. And right now, it looks terrible. I agree with you. But much like it was always interesting to see Nick Foles with Doug Peterson because it kind of gave you like a, look, they win these games with Doug and they don't with Carson. It made it easier to like point it out. I would be interested in just seeing someone else with Sirianni as the head coach because because I don't think that he has no idea what he's doing. Like I don't mm. think that there's no path. I don't think that there's no plays available because we see Jalen Hurts but miss them. There, and there the are a few, man. You're making it seem like there are guys running wide open. All the the, the well, vast but majority. La- but there were, man. How many times is Jalen Hurts getting out of, getting, first of all, the offensive line horrendous as well last night. I mean, it felt like the entire second half, every single play Jalen Hurts dropped back, he was running for his life. So let's factor that in the whole discussion as well. But like with Sirianni, it just felt like there was nothing creative, and it felt like Siri, like Hertz would drop back, look, no one's open, he's under pressure, he's running, still no one's open. Like I, I think you are way overrating the. Yes, he missed some throws, but those throws are not nearly enough to say that this offense would work. Like this but, offense did not have guys running wide open. It looked, and certainly I wasn't at the game, so I can't see it in the same way, but. But on TV, it looked like the vast majority of times Jalen Hurts dropped back, no one was open. So me and you are both pro Hurts guys. Like we said this all off season. Yeah, and this isn't even about, about Hurts. This is this is about Sirianni to me well, no, right now. No, but th- th- this is why I'm this is why I'm wondering. Like, what makes you so sure it's not Hurts? It is Hurts. It's both of them. I'm not saying that. I I think Hurts is absolutely culpable in this. Hurts was horrible. He's not close to good enough. I'm just saying I think that Sirianni is not helping him at all either. Like it's it's both of them. Like I correct, think- but what I'm sorry what i'm saying i think it's more sirianni than hurts if that's where you're going i think it's definitively without question 100 more sirianni than hurts and look i'm where i'm at with hurts is again i don't know he's 23 if given the the ample opportunity and time to grow like i think he could be the the 15th best quarterback in the league the 20th best quarterback in the league i think that's certainly on the table for him but i think right now he's more in like the 25 to 30 range like but i i do think there's potential there and there's upside I do not think that with Nick Sirianni right now. Like, I don't, and I know he's brand new and all that, but I've just been wholly unimpressed with him as a head coach, with his ability to call plays, with his playing to the strengths of his players, with his feel in game for moments, for timeout usage, for this, for that, like everything. Like, it just feels like this guy has no idea what he's doing, Elliot. So, what, 
Yeah. Okay. So I, I personally think that like Hertz is also hurting Sirianni almost as much. I mean, I would maybe go like, you know, 60, 40, 55, 45, like, you know, I would lean Sirianni, but I do think that like Jalen Hurts is also making Nick Sirianni look like a worse coach. Like, so I, I think it goes both ways. Like, yes, Sirianni needs to put Hertz in a better position. He needs to run the ball more, like all of those things. But I also think that Hertz is making Sirianni look like a bad coach. So I, I'm just not as a, I'm not as one side, not that you're one sided, but I, it seems like you're stronger. It's, no, it's both on, of them. The I agree. Thing. It's both of them. I, I might go 65, 35 Hertz or something like that. We're not that far off. I just think that when you talk about it, it, it seems like you are, you are giving Sirianni a lot more of a pass without putting into effect that yes, Hertz is missed and throws, but the vast majority of the way this offense runs is an offense that makes no sense for Jalen Hurts. Like the head right. coach has well, this quarterback, yeah. this weapon, this this guy that can do things, and he's not asking him to do the things that he's good at. Like he's asking him to do the things that he is not good at. And I, I just But he only he only threw it twenty six times. Dude, but last you night. watch the offense, man. You watch the offense. He's drops yes, back I in know. the pocket and he's trying to dissect things. Like that's the offense. Well, but that's what he has to do. He's no, he needs to move what around. Offense? He needs to do things. He needs to get in the space. Like be creative. Fucking run some right. reverses. Like do something interesting. This fucking bubble screens and stuff. Like there's nothing special, Elliot. What when you're yeah, watching but- this game at any point you're like, wow, what a play call. Oh, that was interesting. Oh, what a unique thing. Oh, look at what he did to get that guy open. No, zero times when you're watching a Nick Sirianni offense, you go like, wow, what a play call. Zero. Never. I agree. I'm not disputing that. But what I'm saying is at the end of the day, like Jalen Hurts, like he like you said, he's he's asking him to drop back and dissect the defense. Like, yes, yes, he's an NFL quarterback. That's what he has to do. And he didn't throw it a ton of times. Again, 26 attempts last night to, and he rushed it 10 times. Like so that's 36 it, it was, drop-backs. When they yeah, didn't well, have that many some plays. Are, some of those are RPO. Sure, stuff. but they didn't so, have I mean, that many plays, man. Like it was a night where I they know, did, but, didn't have a ton of plays. But but I'm saying, like, yes, there should be more creativity. But and let me say this point because I forget it because it's early and I keep forgetting this point, but I want to say it. Like, okay, you said Jalen Hurts deserves time to develop, but he's unfortunately in a situation where he might not get that, right? Like, I think that same thing applies to Sirianni. Like, you said it yourself heading into this season. I agree. They're going to, they're going to be growing pains with him, right? Like, it's also only been six games for him. Like, I, I'm not ready – I'm not ready just to cast it off and say, you know, okay, he he doesn't have it. Like, if we're going to say when Jalen Hurts has a bad game, like, okay, he's only 23. Like, Sirianni's only 40, right? Like, that's kind of comparable on the NFL scale of, like, you know, wh- where Sirianni's age is and his profession and all that. Like, you know, and again, and to start it off how I said, like, they played a team that was way better than them. Like, the Buccaneers are a different level of operation than the Eagles are right now. So as bad as it looked last night, and it was terrible, trust me, like it was terrible. And I'm Mr. 11 win guy. Like no one wants me to win. No one wants them to win more than me. Like, well, that's not true. I'm sure a lot of fans do. But ultimately, like, I'm not saying this in like a, oh, they suck like I told you way. Like I I as well would like if they looked good. But I I truly believe like this is rock bottom. Like the first six games were, were tougher than I thought they were going to be. But you look at their upcoming games. The Raiders, they're a complete mess. The Lions, they're not that good. And I know the Eagles aren't either. But, like, I I just think that last night was a perfect moment for everybody to get really worked up and mad because it's prime time. They're playing a really good team. Like, they're two and four, so there's enough of a track record where you're frustrated. But I also think that, like, casting off – and I know you're not doing this, but I'm not ready to, like, to cast off Sirianni and Jalen Hurts when it's been six games – 
and they're playing better competition. So I'm interested to see them coming up, but I think Sirianni deserves the same type of like, okay, let's give him some time to do this. Like I've heard people suggest he shouldn't call plays. Like that's foolish to me. Like give this guy time to see if he can do it or not. Just like we all feel Jalen Hurts deserves that time. I, I, look, I, I don't disagree. And I said that coming into the season and all that. I think that he deserves time, too. I am not indicting his career, but all I can do is look at him through six games and say, here's what I think. And what I think is I've been incredibly unimpressed, like wholly yes, yeah. unimpressed with Nick Sirianni so far. And it's 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 on multiple levels. It's the play calling. It's the feel for the game. It's the undisciplined team. It's, you know, all these things. Like, there are a lot of reasons to say, Wow, man, not looking great through six games so far. And and look, I think 100%. a part of that's the whole staff. There's no veteran leadership on that staff, as we've talked about many times. I think if he had someone, you know, like Frank Reich or someone like Jim Schwartz or someone like, you know, Doug had those type of guys who are who are experienced, who had been coaches in this league for a very long time. You know, Schwartz had been a head coach. Reich had been an offensive coordinator for years and years. Like, like I, I just think there's no one there to help through this, like to help them kind of understand what they're doing and I think that's a problem too and I, and I think that's on Jeffrey and Howie and not on Nick but ultimately all I could do and I agree with you I am not saying fire Nick Sirianni or or whatever I'm just saying through six games I'm really unimpressed with Nick Sirianni and I came in from a positive place like I wanted to like him he had won me over from a you know, press conferences and attitude and all that stuff. Like, you know, like, people listen to this pod know I was excited about Nick Sirianni. I was excited about the teacher, about putting people in positions to be successful and all that. And I just haven't seen that stuff. Like, again, to the yeah. teacher part, like, we talked about it last pod, but at the wide receivers, like, how many penalties are, and I know last night was not an example, but how many penalties on your group, your thing that you're supposed to be the best at teaching at, again, to the, to the uh, you know, uh, other things like we were talking about the teaching part, but also the putting players in positions to be successful. That's another thing we haven't seen a lot of. Like only recently starting to play Quesmore and target Quesmore. Obviously the Jalen Hurts stuff. So I'm with you. I am not indicting Nick Sirianni's career as a head coach in the NFL. I'm just saying that. And and I look. I I if look if I had to bet right now on October 15th at the end of the season when this is all said and done, do I think Sirianni or Hurts is the guy? Probably not. You know the odds are neither of them is the guy at this point so far with what we've seen, but I'm not ready to indict either of them. All I can do is judge it as I go, and I will say, I do, I am more critical of Sirianni than Hurts, but both deserve criticism. That, that's where I'm at. Like, and and to, to that, like on, you know, October 15th, if you had to guess, like, I, I go, I like swing back and forth pretty violently on like, you know, it, do I think it's Hurts? Do I believe in Hurts? Do I think it's Sirianni? And like, you know, it's just, and I, I, I don't know if it's like a flaw in my analysis where I always just lean on the quarterback too much. But like last year with Doug and Carson, like, you know, Car I was like, how can you operate an offense with a quarterback playing that poorly? Like for sure. Right. And I, that's just kind of ultimately where I fall down on it is like I watch Hertz and man, like he has so much to like, like there's so much about him where you're like. God, this could be the guy. Like, you know, his personality, the way he carries himself, the way his teammates react to him. Like, he can make special throws. Like, he he moves well in the pocket. He doesn't really make a ton of dumb mistakes with the ball. Like, there there's so much there. There's so much there. I was actually debating this with somebody. Like, you look at Zach Wilson in New York. Zach Wilson has pretty much nothing besides a special arm. Like, almost nothing you would like about Zach Wilson besides a special arm. Jalen Hurts has pretty much everything you would like besides a special arm. And I just can't decide if he's if if his lack of a special arm is going to be like, you know, the death of his career. Like, I, I just can't decide. And because of that, because I'm not sure about the quarterback, it makes me 
like not cast as harsh of a judgment on the head coach. Although I agree, like for sure through six games, they look like a poorly coached team. I agree with that. But I just think when you have a quarterback that has a deficiency, it's hard to make the whole thing go. I I totally get it. I I really do. Again, I, I, the bigger thing for me is the way he's utilizing his quarterback, the positions he's putting his players in the way he's going about it. And obviously the play calling, but I look again, it's six games through. We're not indicting either guy. I am just, I'm very pessimistic about Sirianni's future. That's all. Which for good, good for good reason yeah. too. You know, like again, as much as I'm kind of, I'm I've like started to play the role a little bit of the defending guy. Like, get me, uh, like, like trust me. Like, it is hard to watch. Like, they are not a fun team to watch. Like, they're not for like, a long I thought time. Last year was <laughs> you know, I, yeah, mean, I was thinking not, about it last night. So I really was. I was thinking during the game. I was like, honestly, you know, we've had fun games and fun moments, but it it. it honestly really has not been fun to watch the Eagles since the Super Bowl season. Like none of these seasons have been fun. You know, the double dunk no. game was fun. The end run was fun to, to do that. You know, the, you, we've had fun moments and, and again, a game or two, but, but overall just watching the Eagles on a week to week basis has absolutely not been a fun thing. Like it really hasn't. Yeah. And it's well, I'd love to know to what Jeffrey Lurie thinks too. Yeah. It's right? a great like, point. It's a great point. He's tight to the vest, so it's tough, but like, you know, I like, I was thinking this last night too. Who do you think the Eagles believe in more? Like Nick Sirianni or Jalen Hurts? The Eagles, not the fans. Like, Probably Nick Sirianni. They... Yeah, I would think so too, right? Yeah, I, I don't I think mean, they believe right, in Hurts right at all. I think, I think they've that's... made it pretty clear that they do not believe in Jalen Hurts at all. But uh, yeah. all right, let's get into some other stuff before we get out of here. Um, quickly, uh, look, I, I mentioned the top, and we won't do a whole Howie show or whatever, but I mean, not looking great for Howie. This roster looks overmatch when it's against any team that's not a mediocre to bad team. And I know it's not a year where they're going for it and all that, but you know, I I, I think last night was a display of of a lot of the issues how he's had with how he's built this roster. I mean, yeah, I, w- I I guess. Like the Buccaneers are way better than the Eagles. Yeah. You know, like they just they just are. Like they have a lot of veteran talent on the team. It's not like they have a ton of young talent. Right. I mean I guess Mike Evans, not not young anymore. But regardless, like they 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 do not have like the Eagles just like a lot of their veteran guys are hurt. I don't know. I, I I agree that the Eagles are were outmatched by the Buccaneers last night, but they were supposed to be. You know, I, like I, agree. I, I didn't think I didn't think when they went against. But how he's put them in this looked- position, and then if Sirianni like that's on Howie too. You know, Hertz was a Howie pick. If that doesn't work out, I mean, I, you know, I'm just saying, call him like you see him. No, look, I, I'm not I'm not defending Howie. I just think you know. A lot of teams will go on the field with the Buccaneers and look to agree, feel all the talent. Agree. Agree. I just think this roster is is not talented. All right. What about the defense? We haven't talked at all about the D. It was one of those nights where it started out, and I said, "Oh God, they're going to put up forty five points. We will literally not stop them." Once made some stops, turnover. You know, did some decent things, but also got gashed, and certainly you know got gashed when it mattered. weren't able to put up any sort of formidable stop when it mattered. Um, what do you think of the performance of de- the defense and Gannon last night? Yeah, so I'm looking now, and Buccaneers, two touchdowns on the first two drives, which, to your point, you're sitting there and you're going like, well, that's that. You know, like, that that that's pretty much it. So, but but then after that, punt, punt, a touchdown, interception, uh, end of half where they didn't do anything, touchdown, punt, down. So, like, they did pick it up a little bit. I mean, you know, the third down play that Tom Brady made where, like, the Eagles, it felt like the Eagles had a chance. I think it was third and seven. He rolls out and he hits. Is either I think it was Antonio Brown, who, by the way, Antonio Brown, still very good. Like, you know, he'd certainly, yes. he's an interesting guy where his career was, like, Hall of Fame level, had, like, a dramatic drop. And now I think he's back to, 
to being like, you know, an, an elite level receiver. He's he's very good. But that that third down play that Tom Brady had just killed him. But like I thought they made the Buccaneers at least work for it uh, as the game went on. And I think you could point to that and say maybe Gannon made some good adjustments. I think ultimately 28 points against the Buccaneers is a good showing for not the bad. defense, no matter I, how I, they got there. You can't say good. You could say showing. not bad, though. It's, it's not bad. A good is, is strong, but it's not a bad showing. I agree. You hold them under 30, it's like nice nice enough. But you can't say good. Right, exactly. 28 points well, is good. I, yes, agreed. I, like, I mean, into the way it where not, if you told me before the game, right. I would take 28 points knowing, like, if you could tell me what I, like, Elliot, will you take 28 points right now? I would do it knowing that they're... Yeah, they're, it's, it it's acceptable. I, you can't say good, but it's acceptable. Like, the, I agree with you. Like, the defense was acceptable. Right. Now, now the thing is, like, they could have scored a touchdown at the end of the game if they needed to, right? So that's that's 35. Mm-hmm. So, like, there there were certainly... The 28, I don't know if it completely reflects how, uh, how well they played, but there were moments in the second half where I was sitting there and going, like, you know, like, the defense is kind of... He is like kind of stopping them. Like whenever I would look and I go, can the Eagles get back into this? And I think, well, you know, of course not. But then the defense kept kind of making plays. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought overall I would give the defense like, I mean, a C, I guess, maybe like maybe lean C plus. They did they did intercept Tom Brady once, and I think that other Marcus Epsom was not an interception, but they did come close. to I it, thought so. it was. I don't. I I think it was. It should have stuck with however it was called on the field. I was I was shocked they overturned it, which is a a quick open. We don't you know dive into the officiating too much, but but the officiating was unbelievably bad last night. Like like it's been bad all year. That was that was up there with and and I the taunting penalty. That's the rule. That's fine. And Jarrett Avery's a moron. Like and I thought it was I thought it was a light call. Like I don't think in that spot. Like what he was doing with that big deal. I thought Fournette sold it and all that. But but man like. Multiple times, especially the one in the end zone, that Quez non-pass interference, and they got the Hurts rushing touchdown fourth yeah. down after. But that was one of the all-time bad calls. Like he was literally like hanging on the guy. It was unbelievable, and there were many of those throughout the night. The refs missing the Quez catch on the sideline. I mean, that was one of those like that is as clear as day that he caught that ball. Like clear as day. There were multiple of those. I thought the officiating again not influencing the game. Like, I'm not saying from the, oh, blaming the officiating, just in a macro sense, drink. The officiating was horrendous last night. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Like, I, I think that the Gennard Avery thing, I agree with you. I've thought about this a lot since since it happened. Like, on one hand, I'm like, dude, Gennard Avery, like, you've got to know not to do that. Like, I, I like we can debate the rule all we want, like, whatever. Like, you know that they're sensitive to that stuff yep. right now. So, like, to stand over him, to get in his face, like, knowing the time, like, I, right, I get all that. But but then I'm also like, you know, we, we ask these players to, like, play this, like, hugely emotional, violent game where, like, they have to run into people and, like, feel that, like, intensity. And then that's what you get them for. Like, that's a relatively small show of emotion. Like, like I, I, he shouldn't have done it, like, knowing. But I think that it's just such a tough spot for him because we ask these players, you know, to, to be these, like, emotional guys. And then when they show it, you know, so I can't kill him for that. I mean, the one— Very like, with you on that what, point, by the way. And I've long said that. That's why I hate the taunting rule. I've hated all these rules. I hate any of that stuff. Like, this is the most violent, emotional, in-the-moment— game you could play and to ask them to just turn that off after a play is is crazy i'm very with you Ellie. and then but then the other part of it too is like this team makes dumb mistakes all the time yeah. so no, it's not they, like they i deserve can just like it. rip no. the yeah like they you know but cuz that is the rule that, like, as uh, the rule is dumb but that is the rule correct 
But the flip side of the officiating is like the Eagles maybe two best plays on offense all night were pass interference calls. So like, but they were pass you know, interferences. I mean, they, I mean, you know, they, they were, they were. But I'm just saying, like, the Eagles didn't get you know screwed again well, and again I, by the refs. And that's my point. I, I'm not saying they did. I just think the officiating was was just absolutely horrendous. Um, all right, a couple other quick things I want to get to before we get out of here. Um, um, the the crowd going nuts for for the running plays in the second half. Of that one drive was. I've never heard that in my life. The crowd just cheering when there's a running play and going nuts like that mm-hmm. was something. Um, but the bigger thing, I think that I have a, I have a quick crowd, th- a crowd thing too. Sure. Crowd, though. Um, so Kristen was at the game last night. So I'm, I'm in the press box and so she's out in the crowd so she can get a better feel of it. And she was in Carolina the week before. Right. Um, so I'm not meaning this as a shot at the fans by any stretch, but I think it points to like where this team is at as a franchise. And I've noticed this too. Like, and she commented on it last night. Like, there's just not a lot as much of crowd noise as there used to be. And I've noticed each week in the stadium, there are a lot more opposing team jerseys than there used to be. Well, like, you can I tell by how idea- loud it is. I mean, Hertz has had to quiet down the crowd. I mentioned that a couple pods ago. Like, there have been a few games where Hertz has to, like, quiet down the crowd when they have the ball. And the only explanation for that is Bucks fans or or opposing fans. Right. And like there used to be a time where it's like, oh, like you better not wear a jersey into the opposing stadium. And I don't think that's something to be proud of. Like everybody should feel safe walking into a stadium. But regardless, like it's just noticeable to me that the home crowd is just not what it used to be. And again, I don't mean that as a shot at the fans. I mean, that as like a people are not as pumped up about this team, too. You know, like like they we, we spent all offseason debating like, you know, the state of the franchise and blah, blah, blah. But like one thing that's definitely not up for debate is like however me and you individually feel about it as a collective fan base people are out on this team like they'll support them because they're the eagles and they'll go to the game but like the level of frustration like the leash on the frustration to go from like excited i'm at the game to furious at the franchise is extremely short right now and i think that shows in like just kind of the malaise that sometimes sets over this crowd where like there's no belief that they're going to win this game just none that's what i was saying yeah at no point the whole game right Right. Whereas like, you know, at oppo- other opposing stadiums, like there is consistent noise. Like the Panthers were loud the entire time. And I get that, you know, look, Eagles fans are better than Panthers fans. That's just a fact. But like right now with where the two franchises are at, like I can see why if you're a Panthers fan, you would get more excited than if you're an Eagles fan right now. So I think that's just something that Lurie has to feel being at those being at the stadium. I think it's a great point and, I, and I'm very with you and I think it is a symbol of where this team is at and it's a, a sign that Jeffrey Lurie needs to take notice of because again, you know, like we just talked about, I mean, we're coming off a 4-11 and 1 season that is you know the worst season I remember, one of the worst for sure, you know, the 3 and 13 before Andy was rough and you know, I there there's been some bad seasons. Andy's last year was tough obviously, but but it's it's up there, but but to the point I made before it hasn't been fun to watch this team in a while. And you know what? At a certain point, fans are like, well, this isn't fun. You know, why am I getting so excited right. for something that just isn't fun? Um, all right. One more thing I wanted to get to. And then if you have anything else, but obviously we'll talk more about this next week. Ruben Frank joining me tomorrow on Saturday on WIP one to three. That'll be super fun. Excited to, to do a show with Ruben. So we'll talk more about this game and all that. But the, the last thing, at least for me, um, and I'm sure it'll become the, the story over the next couple of days, depending on how this plays out. But Prior to the game, Jay Glazer on the Fox pregame show says the Eagles have been receiving calls on Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz and that one of them could be moved as soon as this week. And then obviously after the game, the video making the rounds of Zach Ertz, pretty emotional, uh, you know, uh, in the uh, way to the locker room and all that stuff. Um, 
Where do you think this is at? You think that was Zach Ertz's last game as an Eagle? Yeah, I think there's a good chance that it was. And and my advice to Howie would be, don't trade Dallas Goddard. Like, yeah, I, I agree. The contract thing, like, you know, like you can't you can't be Mister just push the can down the road, which I'm okay with. But you can't do that with older players and then be like, well, you know, we wanted Goddard to have 11 million hit instead of like 14. Like, you know, like don't draw the line here. It's like with the Malcolm thing where it's like now you're drawing the line on paying older players. Like, you know, like they missed Malcolm and I think they still do. So like my advice would be do not trade Goddard over a contract. Pay Goddard. He is one of very, you know, a handful of young guys on the offense that you can be legitimately excited about, like him, Quez Watkins, you know, Gainwell, like obviously Devontae. So there are some, but like don't trade Goddard. That would be my – just pay Goddard. Just give him what he wants, pay him, and then figure it out after that. Yeah, I now, I had been – real quick, I had been very anti that move, and, and I'm right there with you like we talked. I mean, Goddard's just good. He's just good. Yeah, he's just good, and yeah. it's just money. Like, we can't like we can't say the cap isn't real and then be like, well, you know, like, we couldn't – we don't want to give a tight end $15 million. Like, no, just figure it out, pay him, keep him here, don't trade him. So that would be my Goddard thing. With Ertz, I wouldn't trade Ertz either just because, like, they – I just wouldn't like, I don't think what you're going to get back from him is worth just getting rid of him. Like, yeah, if you're getting like a fifth or fourth, like, okay. Yeah. But if you're just going to swap picks and like around or get like a seventh pick, like, I don't know, I would keep him around, but I'm not going to kill him if they trade him. Yeah. I would trade him for, for, you know, fifth or fourth for sure. And, and maybe even a six at this point, but I look, I, I think to your point, you have to, to commit to Goddard at this point and having Ertz around, Really doesn't help that much. I I love Zach Ertz. He's That's true. one of my yeah. all time favorite Eagles. You know, he always will be. I will always love that dude. But you know, I mean, th- I don't personally the way I look at it, and and obviously it's different for other people. But I I don't expect this team to make the playoffs. I don't. You know, I'm not worried about this year in that perspective. In the same way, like you know, if you can get something for Zach Ertz, get something for Zach Ertz. But yeah, obviously, I just don't think it matters. Yeah, I get it. Like... I get it. It's not a. It's not going to change everything one way or the other. But either way, look, if it was his last game with the Eagles, you know, I love that guy. Like, that's my take on Zach well, Ertz. You know, like, part of me is kind of like, isn't that worth keeping him alone? Like, you know, like, I, I, I get, like, we talk so much about how much it sucked Dawkins played in the Broncos jersey. And that Ertz is not Dawkins. But he's, like, he's closer to Dawkins than he is, you know, like, 90% of the other players that have played for this team over the years, right? So, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, I get just get something, but I also think there's something to be said of like, just hold on to him. But I, but I, I get it. I get it. And, but like, then it's like, so hold on to him. And then he just le- like, it, it's if you're going to commit to Goddard, like if you want to keep Zach Ertz here, that's a whole different discussion. You want him to finish his career as an Eagle and you're going to re-sign him and stuff. But I don't think they're going to re-sign him at the end of the year, in which case, like why right. not get that's something true. for him? But I look holistically, I agree with the point. I wish Zach Ertz is definitely the kind of guy who I would love to see finish his career in Philly. I just, that doesn't seem like the path we're on. Um, all right. You got any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? Any other notes from last night? One quick one and one big one. The quick one is like Quez Watkins is definitely legit. Yeah. Like, he's he's just good. good. I mean, he, that, that catch that, that like, that was a, that was a big boy catch, man. He's on the tip ball, just the, the adjust yep. the athleticism and reflexes to adjust in the moment like that. And that was a huge catch in the game. That was uh he's super impressive, man. He gets open. Big quest guy. And like, you know, I think after the Fulgham thing, I'll, I'll be a little more cautious to be like, okay, yeah, this guy's definitely good. But Quez has shown it now, like since he was a rookie, like he showed it last year when he got playing time. So I think it's more than just, you know, two games or whatever, where Fulgham showed nothing was good for two games and bounced. Um, my macro, 
drink in honor of James. <laughs> My macro point would be like, look, we got into it about the Sirianni and Hurts thing. Like I, I, like I, again, I like the roller coaster ride, but how I would end this is saying like, let's see how they look against the Raiders, the Lions, the Giants, Washington, the Jets. Like, you know, I was wrong about the beginning of the schedule being easier. It's definitely tougher than I thought. And I think to a certain degree, like we could have recorded this pod before the game last night. Like it was not shocking to see that they got outclassed by the Buccaneers like that. So although we can only react to what we see, I, I think this is one of those things where you're like, all right, just kind of flush it. Don't think about it. It wasn't supposed to be a game they were going to be good in. Let's see how they look against the other teams to get a truer sense about how bad Sirianni and Hurts are. We knew going into the year, even I said it, they're not ready to compete with like, you know, the elite teams. They're just not. They were only going to be good in, you know, the win the 10, 11 games, which, you know, not going to happen at this point. But regardless, they were only going to be better than people thought if they were just better than the bad teams. So I'm, I, although it was painful to watch and I'm happy to react and I enjoy the reaction. I also think it's like you kind of couldn't take anything because the Buccaneers are just like in another level than the Eagles right now. All right, check us out. Me and Ruben Frank tomorrow, 1 to 3, Saturday on WIP. Uh, it'll be fun to do a show with Ruben, then Elliot and I right back at it next week. Elliot, best manning it up tomorrow. I know, it? I know. So what's funny is this is even about the wedding, but you can relate to this. I don't have a kid, you do, but I think it's funny that I had this thought. So I got up this morning at 6 a.m. to go drop Kingsley off at like the dog place he says when we leave. And I felt so bad. I'm like, he has no idea that I'm taking him to be gone for like three days. Yeah. I feel like I'm like betraying him. Like I'm like, I'd like get him out of bed. Like it was like a like putting a kid in like his like, you know, car seat or whatever. Like it was a sad moment. Yeah, they, look, I wish they, I, I wish I could tell him. Like, he'll have bro, more like, fun there than than you think. And dogs don't have a sense of time. He won't realize it's three days for him. It'll feel like it's three hours. It'll be fine. Don't worry. I know. It was just sad. I get it. Trust me. I've, I've been there many times, pal. I totally get it. I not only have a, a kid, but I have a 13 and a half year old dog and a 10 right. year old so dog. You, so yes, yes you definitely feel get it. it. Um, all right. Again, check us out this weekend and then Elliot and I back together next week. Normal shows, normal pods. Vegas. Elliot going to Vegas next week. We'll talk about oh, that. Oh, God. Obviously, <laughs> too. We'll definitely get into that. So uh, until then, he's Elliot and James. We'll talk to you guys soon. 